Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMV Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Yes, sir. Your girl is back with another episode. This time I get to catch the soul from Boston College women's basketball team. And man, these playoffs, of course. But before we begin, let's take a short break. Do you guys want to start a podcast? Well, Anchor's a place to be. You can start a podcast and let me explain. It's free. This gives you the tools to record your podcast right from your phone or your computer, right in the comfort of your own home. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. And not only is it free, you can make money at minimal listenership. It's everything you need and more to make a podcast all in one place. Just go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. How do you describe your game? Miss Taylor Soul says she's problematic. In year 2019 and 20, she was ACC Most Improved Player, All-ACC Tournament Second Team, two times ACC Player of the Week. She shot 54% from the floor and 72% from the free throw line, recorded 10 double-doubles, and she's still a bowler. Introducing Taylor Soul. Thank you, Taylor, for coming on Sports Talk with C. Of course. Thank you for having me. Finally, my bad. It's it's cool. We here, we here, we here. So tell me what it was like growing up in New Hampshire. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Well, I'm actually here right now. uh, And it obviously was all I knew. So can't really compare it to anything. But um, I honestly loved it. Um, I have a younger sister. So grew up here with her uh, just playing sports um kind of away from like the the rush of like the city obviously now I'm in Boston not so much of a rush um but it was it was definitely definitely a good time growing up uh you know just like it was outside in nature playing sports um but I will say it was definitely nice to to leave leave New Hampshire and and explore a little bit outside of like the upper valley I'd be like people be like where are you from I'd be like oh I'm from New Hampshire they're like I don't know where that is. So <laughs> it's well, all good. I'm from, I'm from cold New England. So I definitely know where New Hampshire is. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the reason that you played? I read that you played soccer and basketball. Yeah. Um, I, again, like always just grew up. It was me and my sisters. We were like the sole sisters in town and grew up like in a primarily like white community, but like, it was like two little black kids like just playing soccer running track like we did everything together so played soccer and like where I'm from it's definitely a big soccer town like the surrounding towns like any travel soccer anything like that like basketball wise just like wasn't that much talent or like access like 
pretty much anything unless like you're going to like the YMCA hanging out. So uh, when I was growing up, soccer was lightning soccer. That was like my first opportunity to play like something other than just like school, like kicking the ball around, stuff like that. Um, and I love soccer. If basketball were ever taken away from me, I would play soccer in a heartbeat. All right. So what would you say since you love soccer has helped you the most in basketball? Uh, I think that it's made me like it's made me athletic outside of just my own game. I think like there are athletes that aren't athletic and I'd consider myself an athlete who is also athletic. And I think by like playing soccer, um, I mean, if you looked at film for freshman year, you'd probably be like this girl never played soccer with like when you look at my footwork, but I do think it helped with just like, um, uh, being in different environments. There's way more people on a team. Um, and just, I think just, I think it's important for, for players to be versatile. There's like all this stuff on Twitter right now, with like prom and like one sport athletes. I'm like, let the kids just play, like go try literally everything. I think it makes each sport like better you're like when you run bring that to the court with you when you're playing soccer your footwork you're bringing that to the court with you so I guess it's like it helps each other out I mean I guess it's because of injuries they don't want you to hurt yourself for them exactly and like I get that because it's hard because I feel like so much so like like at least collegiate sports has been such a business like it's not so much like as a kid you look at it and you're like dang like I want to be that good like this is my next step once you get there they're like people being paid for like essentially you to work for them like I like to say it's kind of sometimes it's the other way around like hey man like I don't step on the court like like you're not coaching right. anybody but at the same time like I think it's so important like kids are like eight years old like you should be like outside like hanging out doing all the stuff and they're like doing like all this training stuff and I don't know it's it's a I could talk about that for ages but speaking about that, like training and all that, what would you say that has changed most? I read that you uh, played for Mass Rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say has when you played AAU from now? Uh, Being, oh, I know you don't play, but looking on the outside. It's hard now because like, I hate to say like I'm old, but like, when I look at it now, like I see exactly what like again, like Twitter is saying. Like Twitter be like, oh, I went to this like the second session of uh of like AU tournaments and like the kids didn't get any better. And it's like because when I was playing AU, we did like one-on-one drills on like in practice, we scrimmaged, uh, we did like five minutes of ball handling at the beginning. And, like you just go out and play. Like it's right. like whoever's the biggest dog, like that's who's gonna win. And like my <laughs> team won, and like that worked, but I think now it's turned way more into like rightfully so and as it should like like let's get these kids better at like their basketball IQ um like being a good teammate uh stuff like that whereas like I don't think like when I was in AU five years ago it was like yeah let's like make sure her IQ's there right Um, right. like where she should be (laughs) defensively at the next level it's like you got that block that was sick like go on offense like go one-on-one so but it's definitely it's crazy it's a it's a difference I mean I think there's more cameras now um when yeah. I look at it I mean I'm only a fan but I see more cameras more people there sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad um in yeah. high school I did see that you averaged 18 points 11 rebounds and seven assists is that when your basketball dream formed or was it before that 
I think again, like just growing up in a small town, it was like, I'm good at this. Uh, let's just like keep doing it. I think it was going into, it was like the end of my sophomore season, I think it was. Okay. I was in um, an all-star game and a girl on another team, Elamy, she went to like Proctor, played at uh, at Syracuse. She was like, hey, like my AU coach is here. Um, he's watching you play, like wants to come down for a practice. And their practices are in Andover, Mass. And I'm like, I barely have my driver's license. And you're trying to tell me I have to go to basketball practice two and a half hours away at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday and a Sunday. Like, uh, okay, sure. It's cool. at that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I literally remember my mom having to drive me to that. I don't know, like, that's crazy. But that was, I feel like, the first time when I was like, okay, like, this whole soccer thing. It's working, but they're telling me I can go to like Georgia and like Tennessee, play some cool basketball. Uh, so like, why not? Uh, and so that was the first time. And there, I played with like really good players. Like I got kids that they went to like URI, uh, Dayton, UConn, like top schools. Where I was like, dang, like if I can go to college for free, if I do this basketball thing, why not stick with it? So did you, would you say at that point, did you have anyone that you look up to or did you have anyone, would you say that you would want to be like at that moment? Mm, I think at that time it was literally just like be the best me I could be like along with my teammates. Like we played up like two years. Um, so we were always really young and our coach was like, you guys are like, like the bum hicks from New England. You're going out there playing like FBC, <laughs> like these girls from like, like Atlanta, Georgia. And, like, you walk in and, like, you just know. Like, there's the girls that you look at and you're, like, damn, like, they want to fight me. And you look at my team and it's, like, I think they walked into the wrong tournament. (laughs) 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 Like, for real. Like, so serious. And, like, we had dogs, but, like, we didn't look like it. And I think, like, my coach, he was always just, like, you're here playing in front of all these coaches because of the people that were here before you. So now it's like, now it's your turn for not only yourself, but for those that came before you and those that come after you to like be great and to do great things. And by playing great basketball, you get the opportunity to, to go to college. So I think at the time it was kind of like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm kind of getting emails about, I got a tournament this weekend. Like, let me just go <laughs> and have some fun. Um, but yeah, nah, uh, because I'm trying to think back. No, yeah. that's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, I like that. You said uh, you wanted to be the best you. So I think that's a great answer. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So you, rescre- you, re- you received an award for reaching your thousand points. Describe that feeling to me. Um, that was definitely a big accomplishment individually, like, which is nice. But I think... It is when it goes to show like the work that I put in, but also just like the trust that my teammates have that I built um, because 90% of those were all assisted. Like I, I ain't taking the ball, rebounding it and going like the full mm-hmm. court. And so um, that just goes to, to show like what BC has done because it had been a while last COVID year that we had two players, they got uh, their thousand point, but um, it's not like, BC's on the map for like producing a thousand point score so for me to do that especially like in the first game of the season um definitely felt really good uh and it was a little pat on the back but um 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it was even cooler to see like two more of my teammates do it after me. Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was that was way cool because like how many times can you say like, oh yeah, we got three thousand point scores. Right. So I, thought was, I thought that was pretty dope. That's what's up. Speaking of BC, how was your whole recruitment process? How did you choose to decide to go to Boston College and play basketball? Yeah. Um. I think. Like, it's crazy to think way, way back then. That was, like, six years ago. Like, my young self was trying to be like, oh, yeah, like, where am I going to go to school? And I'm glad I chose BC. It was good um, because, like, definitely looking back, it was like, wow, like, you, like, I'm grateful to have, like, all these people that want to reach out to me, like, talk to me. And at the time, you're kind of, you're really naive to, like, what's really going on. Like, you don't quite mm-hmm. understand the value of what a scholarship, especially one from, like, Boston College holds. Uh, and I think like once I started talking like adults and like, oh, where are you going to my Boston college? And like they light up before you even say anything about basketball, just because of how strong academics are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really good for me. I think being only two hours, like two and a half hours away um, was nice just because uh, like I could be home, but like it was definitely a different setting for me. Um, and I got like a lot of friends in the area. And so uh, to have like a support staff when you're like jumping into something, but you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. was, was definitely good for me. And I had what we had, we had the, my freshman year, we had the biggest uh, freshman recruiting class in the entire country. Oh, wow. We had, uh, we had eight freshmen on our, do we have 15? We, met, we had eight freshmen who may have had like 14 girls on the team. Oh, wow. So we had a, yeah. Should have seen practice. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so as a going to a new school, um, well, a new college, I should say, in a new setting for you, what would you say, how important is to have the best basketball coach? You know, because I know a lot of people say that they don't get along with their coach. They feel like their coach doesn't like them. How important is to have a basketball coach you get along with part of picking a school? Yeah, I think... It's an, I think it's definitely important. Obviously, coaches come and go, but I do think that's the type of relationship that comes from, like, a lot of maturity and being, like, I don't always have to like this person. I don't even have to, like, really agree with what they're saying, but if, like, I know where their intentions are coming from, like, if I, like, know, like, where their heart's at and if, like, we can communicate, like, and just, like, respect each other, like, hey, like, this is what I'm going to do, but, like, I'm going to give you this on defense and like you can like come to mutual agreements I think it's really important to be able to have like those types of conversations with coaches and be like hey like I don't like how you spoke to me I think there's like this false narrative right now that's like um which is fair I think there's a lot of times when like coaches and players get off the wrong foot with communication and people want to say players are soft and coaches don't coach the same I really just think it's like each individual player has to like find a coach where they can just talk and like find a way to like get the best out of each other. Cause I think like you're sacrificing a lot. Like you're not seeing your family. Like you're not having like as much of a social environment that you might want to, like you're getting yelled at while you're also trying your best. Like <laughs> I think it's so important. Like when like the going gets tough that like you're leaning back on someone who like does control like your playing time and mm-hmm. you guys can like have that, that trust in each other. Cause four years goes by fast, but like a lot does happen. And what would you say was your toughest uh, collegiate moment? Mm. <laughs> Oof. I would say 
COVID year, uh, ACC tournament, our team played Duke, and we weren't supposed to be there. And we were running on fumes, but it was like we had everyone and their moms was cheering us on. And I hit like some really clutch free throws at the end. Mm-hmm. And like just have like I replayed that game maybe eight times during COVID. Like it was insane. And it was just like seeing everyone supporting each other. Uh like when the buzzer went off, like everyone on Duke was like, what just happened? And like we got back to the hotel and like the entire BC band was there. Everyone's wow. parents were there. And we was acting like we won the entire thing. And like we still had a game the next day that we ended up losing. It was like in that moment, I was like, yeah, like we did something right. Now that was probably like one of my best like individual moments because like I was like, damn, I'm like that. It's like I got some ice. I know that's right. <laughs> I'm a little sophomore with some ice in her veins. And obviously we got the team win. Uh, yes. So speaking of one. sophomore, that's when you were the ACC most improved um that year. What was your like mindset going into your sophomore year after coming off of what like you started in 20 games your freshman year Mm -hmm. I think going into the next year was just like honing on like who I already was like I already brought energy like I already could adapt like attack the basket but it was like okay like hone that energy into being like a good leader like you don't just talk but like the words that you're saying mean something like when you're out there like you're aggressive, but you're aggressive in a way where it's like nobody can stop you. Like you don't like you don't need to trust a ref to call a foul. It's like make them call a foul, like control your body, stuff like that. So I think going into I remember that summer, I think like my word was like patience. It was just like patience and poise on literally everything. It was like I already know that you're a great player, but like how can you make it so like you're unstoppable? And so I think going into that season, it was like Oh, again, me kind of just being naive and be like, okay, like every single day I'm going to be in the gym, like for at least 10 minutes working on my footwork, working on the exact same move every single day, regardless of if I'm tired, but still also just being like, just go out and play. Freshman year was too much rust, too much rust freshman year. <laughs> well, I guess so, because sophomore year kept you food. You led the team in scoring with 465 points. You've recorded 10 double doubles. So like, what does keep you going during a season? uh just the next game honestly like there's there's always gonna be there's like living in the moment but there also is like long-term goals and sophomore especially was definitely like a big goal for our team was like let's make it to NCAA tournament and so I knew if I was playing well offensively if I was being a good teammate if I was getting rebounds like when I was getting double doubles like good things were happening for our team so um like just being like we were so close to the finish line uh, I think that just motivated me the whole time. I was like, and I was having fun. Like I was having so much fun with my teammates because the year prior uh, we had no seniors. So it was the exact same team coming back. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. We just added two. And so I think we were just having so much fun, just like same team back at it, uh, working on stuff. That was, that was one of my favorite seasons. I think that's, that's what's up. And if I could ask you during that sophomore year, how would you describe your game in one word? I would describe it as problematic. Ooh. Yeah. Why? I think the confidence that I was playing with was like second to none and like maybe a little, I think it was a little 
what's the word like like I was even blind to some of the flaws that could have possibly been there I was just like I'm really good at basketball I was like I (laughs) I know that's right I was like I can tell y'all are scared to guard me so I'm just gonna go out there and just like give it to anybody and it was like I wanted you to put your best player on me like I wanted you to like try to foul me try to get in my head like if you were like if you were angry like that sounds like a you problem I was like (laughs) let me just go out there like I'll be a problem child for everybody like but my team uh and good things happen so I know that's right and when you hear the word basketball what's the first thing that comes to your mind Mm. dang well I feel like like 10 words just came to my mind while the first word that came to my mind was like courage Ooh, I like that that ain't bad that's a good one all right see come with that soul yeah exactly see you know what's up (laughs) okay if a youngster a young athletic baller young athlete regardless came to for a word of advice what advice would you give them um I'd say I think I probably would tell them to one, breathe. Two, like give yourself some grace. And three, know that you're never going to regret being a good person and working hard. That's something that our coach always told us. Like, there's two things you're never going to regret. One's being a good person and the other one's working hard. Like, your legs might hurt, but you definitely aren't going to regret, like, the gains that you just got. And breathe just because like even sometimes I forget like life like I love basketball but I've like there have been times in my life where things have happened where I'm just like life is so much bigger than this game right now mm-hmm. and like you're putting so much pressure on yourself for this one game because the media is watching or like you got to make sure you get this amount of baskets so that you can keep like this percentage and it's like like you didn't start playing basketball because you care about everyone else watching like you play basketball because you had fun and so especially when you're playing at such a high level to like remember to like breathe like be easy on yourself like I sometimes think like you're your biggest critique you're your biggest uh critic and that's not gonna be a good thing because it means you're you're being self-aware but like especially when you're so young it's like it's fine to make mistakes like I tell that to my underclassmen all the time I'm like I might be telling you to do something but like I'll tell you straight up, like, I also just messed that up. Like, I know you just saw me miss that layup. <laughs> I know you heard coach just yell at me because I wasn't talking on defense. And right. it's like, that's fine. But I think it's how you respond rather than the initial, the initial, uh, like, event itself. Okay. Speaking of your own worst critic, where are your, well, where do you see yourself? Where's your goals in the next five years? Next five years definitely is to graduate. That's step one. Had, a, had an exam today, so hopefully that went well. Got um, it, you got it. Yeah, but I think next five years definitely are to um, continue to make a name for myself basketball-wise just because, like, I work hard. Uh, I've been working hard, and, like, that's something, like, it didn't come as far as to, like, be like, hey, I did it. Like, I want to be able to be like, yeah, no, I did that, and, like, people are going to remember me for that. Uh, but I definitely like five years down the line, like definitely hope to graduate. Um, 
definitely want to still be playing basketball at a really high level uh, and like get involved and like giving back in some type of way, whether it's like coaching, whether it's like mentorship, like something like that. I just feel like in five years, like I just want to keep growing on like what I'm already learning. I feel like this last year, like I become like a parent of like knowing stuff and it's been like, yeah, like let me just help people out. But I really do think like in the next five years, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's what I'd like to hear. Excitement. I wish you all the best in all your dreams. But before we go, I have to ask you, what is the most, well, what should I say? What are you looking forward to the most in this upcoming WNBA season? I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to just like the league itself to prove people wrong, talent wise, um, like attention wise, like game wise, like just like head down, just like do everything. Like I'm looking forward to hopefully somebody coming in and be like, let's like let's expand the league. That would be great. But I really do think I have some friends that are in the league right now. Uh, that just got drafted nice. and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just excited for them to like play and just like have them gain respect I met soccer player Mia Hamm mm-hmm. uh, she's like a two-time uh, gold medalist and she nice. was just, like, we t- got told all the time like we can't have this we can have this and then they went and like won everything and they're like looking at everyone and like what are you gonna say now right 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 how are you gonna tell us like we're not gonna get paid enough because we can't do this but we just told like we just proved that we can't and I'm, I'm just really excited for, for that to, to happen because the women have been shown repeatedly that, that they're good enough. And that is a fact. Yeah. And I, I hope they can bring Brittany Griner home because that's a whole nother conversation. Yes, that it is. To. Yes, it, I hope so too. Sooner rather than later. Ms. Taylor, I thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Well, I thank you for having me on. If you ever need me, you know where to find me. We can talk uh, and of you get course. back to the basketball game. Hold on. So we're in the second round of the playoffs. Boy, was I wrong because myself said that Brooklyn was going to win in seven games. I mean, I know it's old and I know, you know, plenty of other games happen, but you really got swept, yo. Like, you couldn't win one game with KD, Kyrie Irving. Like, you really couldn't win one game. Just one. Oh, like, it still makes me so mad. Like, I think it was the day after I had to rant on Facebook about it because all year around, you know, it didn't work the first time, but, you know, they made some trades. You know, James Harden left. They got Seth um, Curry, um, Blake Griffin, which coach, you put him in a little bit too late. You should have stopped making other adjustments earlier in the series, but whatever. But my thing is, KD is KD. His shot is ridiculous. His jumper, you know, from anywhere to me, is one of the best in the league. Kyrie Irving. The way your ball handling skills, your footwork, the way you can drive to the basket. And the problem is when you're creating shots, you're only creating them for yourself. 
and not setting it up to dish out to the corner or set up your teammates to get a bucket. Like, and then what made me so mad was, oh, we don't have enough chemistry. You're right. You don't. But are you looking at yourself and be like, yeah, my bad squad. I don't know. But moving on. Shout out to Coach Willie Green and the staff because, boy, did the Pelicans make the Suns work to win this series. I cannot wait to see what they do in the offseason and how they come back next year because this year Brandon Ingram showed me a Brandon Ingram that I never thought he could flourish or develop into be a basketball player that's trying to win a game. The Warrior series was boring, but yo, wasn't I wrong? Remember on not last week's episode, the week before that, I had said that the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves was going to be boring. That series was spicy. So, um, you know, the Grizzlies won, but cat, 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 cat. Why you, listen, keep that same energy you start with when you come out in the first quarter, like in the second quarter, in the beginning of the third quarter, when you're still down, that confidence, that arrogance, I should say, that cockiness, that is not part of your game going to the fourth quarter. Like, um, the way that you guys be up, and let leads blow. Like, this isn't regular season. This is do or die playoff championships on the line. I don't know. I, I mean, I maybe teams should start hiring me. Because I'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't want to play. You're so bit worried about shushing in the crowd sh- and make a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what some people need on their team. Because sometimes these coaches just don't be doing it. You see how Ja's dad said that he played like trash and then Ja turned around and said that he's his biggest hater? Nah, that's tough love. Just because every the whole world likes your little dunk, you was trash the entire season, speaking of numbers. So definitely need that. Every team needs that. So teams hire me because when you're looking like trash or when you're playing like trash or just doing a bunch of talking for nothing, I need to let you know. Speaking of letting people know, Doc, what was you thinking, yo? Seriously, what? See, and this is why I tell people that Doc is not a good coach at all. Like, why was he in, okay? Why was Joel Embiid in the game while you were up, I believe, by 20 with how many minutes left in the game? What were you thinking? You're playing a team that... Probably would have never scored like 20 points in two minutes, three minutes. You know what I'm saying? So you sacrifice your MVP to close out a series. Now, if the game started to shift and then it was like a two-point game, then you would put him in. But, oh, my God. Well, we all know what's going to happen with Miami and 76ers since Joel Embiid is not playing. See, that's the thing that makes me so mad because, like, 
now when you put face Miami, come on. I mean, they have James Harden, but we all know what James Harden's going to do. He's going to fold. So now we're in a series where we were waiting to see because, you know, Miami's back on their dog being a dog, you know, scrapping, scraping, getting these wins. And against the 76s, you know, because Joel Embiid is a bad man. And now it's just like, oh, we already know who's going to win there. So I'm going to say Miami and 76s will be 4-1. Boston and Milwaukee. I want Chris to come back because when Milwaukee, excuse me, when Milwaukee has their full squad, they're an amazing basketball team. Boy, um, Jason Tatum, he's looking like my Duke kid. Like he already was, but now he's exploding, exploding. He went, I'm just ready to see him continue to go off. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. And guys, I said Jason Tatum, Not I, I can't bring myself to say, oh, I want to see the Boston Celtics win. So I would have to do it by player. You know, I love me some Jalen. And... I remember on one of my shows, we were talking about what happened before the All-Star break, and we were saying what needed to happen with um, Boston and how can they turn their season around. And I said you had to let one of them go, either Tatum or Brown, because they're not working. Like, the style of play that each have, they just, they don't work. But from round one, definitely showing me that... Oh, we work, and we're tired of everyone saying we don't work. Um, So I'm ready for that game today. I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to go Milwaukee in seven. I'm, I'm so stuck on these seven games because I definitely want to see a game seven. I mean, it just makes the game more intense. I mean, I'm already be at the edge of my bed with some of these games, but a game seven is a different type of environment. People turn on different levels of basketball. So that's what I want to see. We have Dallas and Phoenix. Yes, we have the point guard. And then we have Luca. And you know, Luca is a bad man. I like Brunson a lot lately. Um, hmm. What am I going to say for this series? Um... I'm going to go with Phoenix and six. I just feel like Phoenix, Chris, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder because of they went all the way last year and then, you know, didn't win. So I'm going to say Phoenix and six in that one because my guy CP3 definitely needs a chance again to um, play for a ring. The Warriors and Grizzlies. I don't know about Grizzlies. Grizzlies, excuse me. I don't know about this, man. I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, Curry, Clay, Poole, the bench is solid, Wiggins. Then you have Draymond Green, who is their defensive anchor. But then you have the Grizzlies, who, when they're on their Grizzly, they be balling. So, I need to see... I don't know about this series, guys. I really don't. All I would say is if I am Memphis, your game plan should be to attack Draymond Green because 
from when I'm watching the game, when they don't have their defensive anchor anchor in or when Draymond Green is in foul trouble, they're not collectively together, if you know what I mean. Um, so when Draymond Green is not on the floor or he's out or he got fouled out or he's out, um, that is the best time to win a game against the Warriors. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, they can't win a game without Draymond because that's definitely not the case, especially with the shooters they have. Jordan come in um, with Belitza, um, Andrew Wiggins, and Porter, um, Otto Porter, excuse me. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, the bench is solid. But when Draymond Green isn't in in the game, I just feel as though this would be the way that the Grizzlies can go on a run, keep it interesting, score, do what the Grizzlies do. Um, so I don't know about that um, series. Let me watch this game one today at three, and then we'll see. <laughs> if you guys have me on Twitter, Sports Talk with C, Facebook, Sports Talk with C, Instagram, Sports Talk with C. You will see my prediction after game one, especially on Twitter. So I want to hear what everyone thinks. So please either send me a tweet, DM, Facebook message, comment, like, whatever. Let me know what are your predictions for round two of the playoffs. Make sure you guys tune in every Wednesday at 930 with the team MTMV Live on YouTube, make sure, guys, make sure you guys, if you love your girl C, if you love what I'm doing, if you're rocking with your girl C on YouTube, okay, this is what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need you to pull up your YouTube. Please go to MTMV Sports Podcast Network, and I'm going to need you to like, subscribe, and share to the channel. And then I'm going to need you to set your reminders for Saturdays at 10.15 with the squad, the full 94 live podcast on Saturdays at 10 a.m. So make sure you visit the website. Uh, Also, so that way you're staying up with the team. And that is mtmvpn.com. Dot com So that way you can see what my brothers and sisters are doing, what the team got coming up, get you some gear. Okay. Until then, C's out. <laughs>